Hey everyone, welcome back to the channel. In today's episode of the Math Therapy Sessions podcast, we have Karan Chauhan. Karan Chauhan is a 2019 MMA India National Bronze Medalist. He's also a 2019 IMF World Championship Team India Featherweight Athlete. Also, he's a 2020 MMA India National Champion. And he's the Underground Fight Night MMA India Featherweight Champion. He's multi-talented, charismatic and a guest for today's third episode. I just wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. like one major thing was like, how did you start with MMA mm-hmm. and what's your future because I- I'm sure you're going to inspire a lot of people because mm-hmm. I-, I see you on Instagram uh, I think you're one of the most uh, relatable guys on Instagram where people can co- easily communicate with you you reply <coughs> back as soon as possible which people like because I've seen uh, I've spoken to people and they're like you know Karan replies very fast like mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have that thing with him Right. Yeah. Not trying to boost your ego, but just <laughs> no. like you know, be- people do yeah. say that like that. Ki he's very approachable. Yeah. Yeah. So. I try to be very approachable, man. Like even uh, you spoke about the point of relatability. What mm. makes somebody, uh, what makes somebody feel, what makes people feel very open to talking to me and feel like they can relate to me makes me makes me very happy because I wish that more of my heroes growing up were mm. like that with me. Because I've experienced people who are not like that. I've experienced mm-hmm. people who do have a chip on their shoulder and a, f- a very false sense of entitlement of who they are, even though they aren't anybody. So no matter where I get in life, I always mm-hmm. feel like I want to be approachable and relatable to people. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Spider-Man, which is kind of what my Spider-Man um, Dude, obsession talking, is. Talking about Spider-Man, yeah. I, like, I think it's one of the most, I mean, hyped uh, movie coming in December 17th. Fuck yeah, man, for good and, reason. And it's releasing one day earlier than U.S., yeah so i think you can totally spoil it for your us friends if mm-hmm. like you know yeah um i'm sure like i think the last time we spoke we we were like still unsure that whether toby maguire and yeah. you know the both both the guys will be there or not mm-hmm. but i'm sure they they are right there have you seen the leak trailer where the lizard gets punched by an un- yep. uh, yeah, invisible guy yep yeah so i'm, I'm like I'm absolutely stoked for it, man. Like, and even though uh, Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man, I still I'm very excited to see that uh, Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire is going to be coming in. So, it. who's your favorite Peter Parker? But like, okay, oh, Tom. without a doubt, Tobey Maguire. Right. Without a doubt. Yeah. But just it's the fact that uh, Tom Holland is exactly what Stan Lee pictured Spider-Man to be, like this little nerdy-looking kid. And although he is uh, what 24 or 20, 25 years old now, mm-hmm. he still looks like he's 16, 17. So yeah. he fits that Spider-Man role very nicely. If I'm not wrong, Tom Holland is 29. No, no, no. He's 25. 25? Sure. Tw- he's born in 1996. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So I think um, Andrew Garfield is older. Andrew Garfield is older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so like, wh- how has your, like, you know, your journey in MMA been? Like, you know, where did you start? How did you start? And everything about it. Like, if you could share a little bit about it. Uh, we spoke about the point of relatability, right? A mm. lot of people uh, complain now, at least are coming out now about being bullied and being, uh, you know, being picked on in school and mm-hmm. as kids or even outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, what uh, what spurred me on to start it was I started boxing. I didn't get into MMA immediately. I got into boxing when I was about 10 years old. So wow. I used to get bullied like crazy in school, which uh, led me to channel my inner aggression like that in a way of sorts. So I went to my mom one day and I complained to her about uh, these boys bullying me. And she mm-hmm. said, okay, Baba, I'll take you to the principal. I'll do this, I'll do that. And she happened to be with her uncle that day who used to be a boxer in the Merchant Navy. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Like <laughs> really, really back in the day. And 
he told me nothing doing your school offers you a boxing program right you're going to mm-hmm. train with me for one year mm-hmm. and you're never going to get bullied again mm-hmm. and at that time it seemed too good to be true so when i finally did uh, step step into training with him and we were training in his hall we weren't even doing any formal training i just had a pair of gloves and he just taught me how to throw a jab with, and a cross with your uncle yeah, yeah with yeah. my mom's uncle mom's uncle yeah so and he's an elderly man now he's about 80 81 82 years old now wow yeah so um this was when he was i think this was 13 years ago 13 years so do the math yeah whatever <laughs> i don't i don't know how old he was at the time but uh, he was he was in good enough shape to teach me how to box mm-hmm. and just one year of teaching me how to how to sharpen up my jab and how to throw a proper cross uh within 2 years i had uh, gone to my first national games and won it really yeah within 2 years of training boxing and where was your so training like we were training in his hall literally that's we were it? just training in his living room like, that's it not joined any official gym nothing nothing i'm sure pune must have had pune has a very good boxing culture very old boxing culture so mm-hmm. i've trained with a bunch of people in pune also but that was much later in my boxing career so i trained with kls vp which is in bhawani pet okay very close to where my father grew up mm-hmm. and um i trained with mr manoj pingle okay who is a former olympian wow. but that was also very brief that was maybe 2 3 months yeah but the fact that you like you know box with a like a god training with an olympian is a big mm-hmm. thing itself absolutely you know? and the, his demeanor his yeah uh, you know how he carries himself and everything is very is very olympian like yeah the championship mentality like Absolutely. you know yeah and he comes into training with that every day and it's very nice to feed off of that so i started boxing like that and um i realized that boxing was a very limited form of uh, self defense because when i was in my 11th grade i got uh, slapped in junior college by this one kid who was a minister's son okay and i realized that i had very little um, knowledge of how to conduct myself in a street fight or how to handle myself in a street fight mm-hmm. which made me feel quite helpless and it's not something anybody should feel so my friend happened to go to this one MMA class not too far from where my junior college was and not too far from where my house was but it it, it wasn't all in our true blue MMA gym yep okay it wasn't even an MMA gym you can't even call it that it was just okay. uh it was just a 240 square foot room with a bag of maybe 8 9 pairs of pads and gloves and just a bunch of killers in the gym Wow. Yeah, so a lot of uh, guys from Afghanistan, a lot of guys guys from Iran and a lot of good fighters from India itself mm-hmm. were in that were in that gym and run by my um, my first coach Ismail Haji. Okay. Yeah. And what was the gym name? It was known as Ismail Haji Combat Club. Ismail Haji Combat. Yeah. So I started training with him when I was 15 going on 16 and I haven't looked back ever since when today here we are. So like when did you, when you picked your first gym were the things you saw or that was the only option you had? That was the only option I had because I didn't even know what MMA was at that time. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if someone wants to join an MMA gym right now in Pune or in mm-hmm. Mumbai, what should they look at? Like you know, I mean, do they look at the coach? Do they look at the facilities? Do they look at the ambience? They should look at what their goal is first. Okay. Whether they're looking to fight or whether they're looking to learn to defend themselves or you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to be a champion one day, you have to go into an MMA gym with an open mind, knowing that you might not be able to be a champion one day, might not be able to fight one day. or you might go into it just wanting to get better and wanting to not feel so small mm-hmm. you know because a lot of people that walk into MMA gyms and do do what we do mm. it comes from a place of pain it comes from something that they've gone through True. whether they admit it or they don't yeah. it is it is like that so you need to understand what your goal is first more than looking for and you know then all those auxiliary factors come into play where um, you see you look for a good coach you look mm. for fantastic training partners because mm. uh, to me more than having I mean no disrespect to my coaches in any way and I mean this with all the love in my heart for them uh but for me I've always fed off more of good training partners mm. and the fact that I'm training with Team Relentless right now 
I have a, I have one of the best coaches in the country for sure and Mr. Khare. Mr. Khare, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, there's just there's just a bunch of killers in his gym, you know, Akib Javed, there's Atul, there's uh, Akshata. My god, that girl smashes me every day. <laughs> She's what 54 kilos, 53 kilos. She smashes the fuck out of me every day. Yeah. yeah so, her husband Navdeep and you know, these 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 all smaller guys, like these are smaller guys and girls that are smashing me on a daily basis. And then there's Sumit Bihan. I can't I can't uh, I can't look over him because He's very quickly become one of my main training partners over there mm-hmm. and somebody that I feed off mentally very you know very much like I I I love his mentality I love his do or die mentality like that so I kind of feed off of that because I'm seeing a lot of your posts <coughs> like you know in Instagram stories and mm-hmm. posts with Mr Khare and his yeah. team at team tellless thing is I met him so when you spoke about him last right we spoke about why we call him Mr Khare and he doesn't like it yeah, the last time I met yeah. him I said I and Karan spoke about it. So what should I call you? He's like Mr. Khare is my father. So yeah, call me anything else. I yeah. said Vicky sir. I said yeah. fine. That's yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. So I also had that bad habit like according to him of calling him Mr. Khare. Right. So now I've shifted to Vicky sir now. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, I just call him so. I stay clear of <laughs> calling him any name that you say. Yeah. So yes yeah, sir. Okay sir. No, sir. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, he he calls me sir. I'm like mm-hmm. sir, aap sir mujhe mat bolo. Mm-hmm. Not because of the age factor but just because like that. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, not that old though. He's 43. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't call me sir. Like, he's like yeah. nahi nahi aap mujhe sorry bolunga. I said theek hai sir. Like, you can't argue with the guy. He's mm-hmm. like theek hai aap jo bolo yeah. aisa. And probably he's one of the like like you said he's very approachable. Yeah. Uh, the first time i contacted him about sports dentistry mm-hmm. he was very open to it he sat with me although he had few other dentists coming in he said ki what he what his goals were what mm-hmm. he wants for his um, athletes right and one of those guys who did <clears throat> not want anything in return he just wanted the best for the athlete right. you know and since then we have conducted few um, oral healthcare awareness for his athletes no one does that like you know people just see the money factor people see what they'll get in return but for him yeah. it was not the case like you know he was he, he was different and yeah. he his gym is in one of the best places in bombay absolutely yeah. like uh, right in the center yeah and it's 200 meters from my house so anytime i want to leave for the gym i just leave like 5 minutes yeah. earlier yeah but you stay in pune right like stay in pune yeah. so then now you've started traveling more to bombay because of yeah that? so i live uh, two weeks out of the month i live in bombay so okay. i do one week in pune one week in bombay one week in pune one week in bombay wow. so isn't of, isn't that hectic like i love it man like i love doing what i'm doing and uh, to me it doesn't seem so hectic because i'm just make getting better every day so i'm looking at that growth you can feel, you can day. feel that like and bombay has a different energy about it so yeah. i always love coming back here Yeah and also living alone over here like I'm living at my grandfather's house over here but he's back in Pune so yeah. I just, just I'm just living in his house here I live alone I cook I cook my own food I have one cleaner lady who just comes and cleans the house does my laundry and goes away but apart from that like just living alone having my own space uh, grandfather is a same person like nana yeah nana, 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 nana right nana, yeah, yeah so, he's known as a nana of mma yeah, india so I, I, i wanted to like you know ask you like how, how did your story with nana begin like he keeps coming to all tournaments like yep. you know like i see you with him and for a lot of athletes like you know when they say karan they see for nana like yeah. you know so like <laughs> yeah. how did that happen like so fun fact he's been coming to every one of my fights since i was 10 Wow! All of my fights, except my world championships, and I lost there. Yeah, so he's my good luck charm. Mm. 
yeah but no my my grandfather is one of my best friends yeah like i have a very good relationship with so him so he loves the sport or he loves you more loves like, me and okay. he's learned to love the sport a little bit mm-hmm. so it's a little hard for him to watch because it's such a it's such a brutal sport according to him he but now he's looking he's now looking at it as a sport itself he's looking at technique he's looking at you know people breaking stuff down mm-hmm. he's breaking stuff down for me now he says i noticed this about that boy so even before i fought akash this time he was like babu take him down take him down okay you can't you you, you can't box with him you can't box with him what did i do i stood right there and i boxed with him for three rounds because <laughs> yeah. because at the uh nationals at indore i saw him like you know in deep conversation with a lot of fighters yep. and they were not talking about life they talking about mma yeah and those fighters were listening to him because yep. like you know yeah. was smart a, man he makes good yeah, observations yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. I think they all as athletes like you all also want an outside uh, view like yeah. you know how does it look from outside like you said like you know uh, don't let him smash you yeah uh, and uh, like so is he going to be the next month absolutely athlete? okay yeah i'm i'm thinking mma india should get him a badge that just says nana over there like everybody <laughs> can approach him nana ko jaake milo nana ko poocho nana ko poocho nana ke liye coffee lao please like he's yeah. the nana of mma yeah. india yeah yeah Uh, Sharif sir actually asked him to sit on the stage with everybody when uh, you know when all the ministers and all had come to mm-hmm. uh, you know to to facilitate the event. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure he doesn't like all of that. Like I, I don't know. Like he has to do that a lot. He does a lot of uh, stuff with one of the world's largest NGOs they call the Lions Club. Yeah. So my granddad was the president of the Lions Club Shatabdi oh, so in Pune. He, he knows the limelight so like he yeah. knows he knows how to exist in that mm. sort of environment. He knows how to uh, you know uh, he knows how to shake a few hands, kiss a few asses here and there. <laughs> But uh, he does that for the greater good. And he's a very yeah. charitable man. Yeah, yeah. Loves doing what he does. And like he loves you because uh, like yours and Akash's fight mm-hmm. was I mean it's just not me like in yeah. the uh, it's the mma community it's on instagram it's a lot of people like you know they're saying it was the match of the tournament you know <laughs> yeah i hope so cuz yeah. it was just two people like you know beating the shit out of each other <laughs> till the last second yeah and the, when the ra- like you know uh, when the bell rang mm. like y'all showed the utmost respect for each other absolutely which was crazy cuz like you know the second period they were h- killing it there mm-hmm. and like you know I mean, amazing. Even Akash fought well. Yeah, fought, I mean, Akash fought very well. Yeah. And he's primarily a boxer, right? Yep. Yeah. How did you like? So now you've got almost like four, five months away from that match. How do you months, take yeah. it? Yeah. How do you take it now? How do you take? The I match? took it in my stride the next day. I cried a bitch. I moaned about it in in my hotel room. You saw it. Like yeah. you saw me sitting at dinner and crying. But I picked myself up and I moved on with it, man. Because uh, I can't I can't cry over it too much because I have to sit and better my skills. Yeah. what not a lot of people know about that was that my knee was actually semi dislocated in that mm-hmm. fight so i couldn't really move i couldn't really do anything but that doesn't take away from how well akash did you know mm-hmm. so even after the fight him and i was sitting and him and i the next day we were sitting and he lost to lenin the next day mm-hmm. so him and i was sitting and having lunch together we i i, I bought him I, i bought him two three coffees <laughs> he bought he thing he bought he brought me some lunch he sat with me and my granddad it's yeah. fine like we don't we don't have any animosity yeah, with each other like and that and he's a very mm-hmm. nice guy like yeah. speak to also like very down to earth very Um, because after the tournament he went to his hometown and he was posting very uh, like you know he, i think he went to his village mm-hmm. so i i spoke with him he's like my village like gaon mein hu like mm-hmm. aaram kar raha hu thoda time off le raha hu because yeah. he also lost like you yeah. know he so, lost and his hand got hurt in that fight actually so when i kicked him he blocked a kick and his hand kind of uh, his wrist got sprained really really badly and he had a minor you know minor injury in his wrist so okay and yeah. so so then after joining uh, the your first gym then how did it lead to like you know eventually how did you up your game like you joined other gyms or you went so outside for training 
my gym was uh, you're talking about ismail haji combat yes, club right yes. so when i was at, at ismail haji combat club i could only uh, do what they were teaching me like right? i could only get better with every rep instead of doing 10 reps i had to get to 11 and eventually 12 figuratively speaking uh how i got better with my ground game now my gym was primarily a striking based camp so we never really did too much jiu jitsu or anything and even our grappling was very rudimentary mm-hmm. you know and um, i understand that because there was not really too much jiu jitsu going on in 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 pune but uh, i truly believe that uh, god has a way of sending stuff into your life and making you believe that there are things that you have to do and that mm. there are ways that uh, you can get better and your calling is important to you because to me that calling was my ex training partner sean loyal Uh, he is from Warriors Cove. Cove, yeah. He is from Warriors Cove in Gurgaon. Sean is actually studying at uh, Simbasa School of Liberal Arts in in Pune. Uh, in Pune. So he was studying and we he came to my MMA class. He came to Ismail Haji Combat Club and actually did a striking session and I didn't believe him when he said that you know I compete in jiu-jitsu blah, 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 mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people that say that a lot of people that you know talk yes. big and then don't show up the next day. True. Sean happened to be different. So he kept pursuing me. He was like, "Dude, listen, uh, are there any mats anywhere? Can we go?" can we go roll i want to show you some stuff he's very enthusiastic about mm. it so i said okay fine let's give it a shot and the first day we rolled i took him to one gym that i used to go to uh, multifit so we just laid down yoga mats and he just tapped me 50000 times in about an hour <laughs> and i was like ah oh, okay i need to i need to train with this guy more yeah yeah and we have we hadn't looked back ever since so we bought a couple of uh, we got, got got a couple of uh, grappling mats and put it in his apartment where he was staying with a bunch of his roommates mm. so whether it was 11 o'clock at night 12 o'clock at night 1 o'clock in the morning because him and I were both college students at that time and mm-hmm. I still had to go to his myology combat club at 8 o'clock at night yeah right so my college was literally from 9 o'clock in the morning to 6 in the evening so I had zero time to myself but I made the time for myself and yeah. we made the time to roll and do what we had to do mm. so I started doing jiu jitsu with him and a year later I won I got um, I got selected to go to the world championships with team India and eventually won my first national That championship That must have played a part like you know grappling Definitely. With, grappling with him. grappling and not just technique wise but mentality wise when I was fighting as well I just got tougher with that mm-hmm. because event, because b- before that I would just tap to any small thing mm-hmm. and all my fights had been finished on the ground before that like all my losses had come on the ground because I didn't know what to do on the ground and Sean just sort of eradicated that and jiu jitsu became a big part of who I am and then I added wrestling to it when I when I started training with Mr. Curry and my wrestling has very quickly gotten in my opinion gotten a lot better than so what it used to be absorbed a lot of different styles from everyone like yep. you know like a sponge yeah because I met Sean in like Delhi two yeah, months yeah. back so okay. I, I told him about you like because you keep like mm-hmm. I said I was in Indore with Karan and he kept talking about you he's like yeah, yeah we were like like you know literally for the f- couple of years right mm-hmm. one and a half years one yeah. and a half years like couple of years like y'all were like you know training in and out every day yeah, every day so then you learned from him or you decided to learn more like because you loved grappling right so sean did a lot of tape study on his own and would uh, refer to ashwin from a distance you know like he would uh, get mm-hmm. on call with ashwin all the time and ashwin would send him systems and sean would drill those on me mm-hmm. i was basically john uh, sean's crash test dummy <laughs> nothing else like i was just his uh, jiu jitsu dummy on which he pulled off stuff yeah and that's how i learned like i just kept getting smashed every day and that's exactly what's happening today so when i go when i went into training with him i used to be more nervous going into training with him than i would go into a fight like i wouldn't be nervous going into a fight because mm-hmm. there's nothing that already hasn't been done to me and i've not survived Hmm. you know like I've, i that and sometimes training became about surviving certain things not about getting a tap back not about doing uh, more to somebody it's just about surviving and getting better hmm. and so then you spoke about ashwin so then yeah did you get a chance to work with him yeah once or twice when ashwin came to pune uh, i got the chance to roll with him and i got to know what a high level jiu jitsu practitioner hmm. rolls like 
then Ashwin and I throughout lockdown were working a, a lot on uh, working a lot on Zoom. Mm. So even a couple of his students were conducting classes. Warriors Go was offering up classes where we would make us do solar drills. Mm. No, no. Um, during lockdown, I'm talking about the Lock- second lockdown. Okay, okay. Where gyms were closed and closed. they where gyms were closed. So and everything was happening on Zoom. Everything. Seven okay. o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. So I attended the seven o'clock in the morning classes usually with uh with Aman and uh, what's his name uh with Aman and who else? Yeah, what's his name? Mohit. No, 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 no. There's another guy. Fuck. Uh, Roshan. 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 Yeah, Roshan. Yeah, shit. Fuck. Sorry. Sorry, Roshan. I forgot. <laughs> but uh, no, he conducted all all these guys conducted classes. Even Sean conducted some classes. And to me, it was always very comforting uh, training with these guys because uh, not just Sean, but all these other guys as well, because they were just, they always thought of me as part of the team. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether I had stepped foot on their mats or not, they always thought of me as part of the team. Or they thought of me as one guy that they could just smash. So it's cool. Either way, I was always part of the team and that meant a lot to me. Like it mm-hmm. always, always, always meant a lot to me that these guys were always treated me like family yeah especially ashwin because ashwin had, prior to that had never met me and then when he did it was just like okay i'm cool like okay karan's part of us yeah yeah so that made me feel very welcome like fun fact ashwin was the first guy who gave us our break like did company, he? yeah because i mean we had never met we had never spoken i just like approached him on insta and he's like doc come to delhi yeah i was like no i'm gonna tell you a little bit of technical stuff he's like no doc i understand just come Mm-hmm. That's it. On his one call, I mean, it was a risk at that time, but even he was taking a risk, like you know, because right. no one was making custom mouth cards and personalizing them. Right. So this one call, like one phone call, we were in Delhi, mm-hmm. and he just right. told us like start making mouth cards first. That's mm-hmm. it. And I don't know, like he gave us our first break, like you yeah. know, and one of the most Must genuine. Must have meant a lot. No? Yeah, yeah, true. And his entire team, like Mohit, Rajiv, like you know, very welcoming. Yeah. And today, like, and now I call them as friends. Yeah. Because anything, like you know, they ask me, I ask them. Yeah. And never have they showed because they're more experienced in this sport, but yeah. never have they made me feel inferior or that doc you don't know, like don't interfere, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Like very welcoming, and yeah. they keep asking me about dental stuff. Which right. I'm always like, you know, always love to help. Yeah, they're always they're very much of smart guys and very willing to learn about new things. So even when um, Sean was over here, hmm. we would we would do striking, and Sean would never tell me that no, I'm doing something wrong, I'm doing something right. He'd always try to understand what my fighting style was, and they try to understand more and more and more things about who they're interacting with. They're very open to gaining information in any way they can, which hmm. what which is what makes them so good. Hmm. Which is what makes their systems, even their systems in terms of jiu-jitsu and stuff. It just, in addition to being extremely hard workers, yeah. uh, smart workers and everything. Besides all that, they're just willing to absorb information and learn. And they are making like, you know, champions from time to time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they have a lot of like... Yeah. Tapa. Tapa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> have you fought him? Doesn't come in a weight class. Fought my weight class in Indore, but I didn't mm. make it to the final. I wanted to fight in the final with him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it happens this time, man. Because I'm, I fought almost everybody in my weight class and beaten everybody, barring a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really want to fight Tapa one day for sure. Like, it's not a call out or anything. It's just a very, so, just I want to compete against the best guys. I don't want to cherry pick fighters and fight easy fights and look good doing that. I want to fight tough fights, even if that means I lose or even if that means I get injured or whatever. I want to get that experience because it always helps me grow. When I fought Akash, now why I'm talking about this fight so much is not because I lost, but because mm. of what it taught me about myself. 
where I always I was always very scared of fighting a power puncher but I realized that you know what I can eat the hardest punches punches and keep walking mm-hmm. forward no matter what and that propelled me to do stuff in a better way in life mm-hmm. mentally physically emotionally everything I just got better after yeah. that fight where something com- completely broke me like that but I'm still here like every fight teaches you something like you know absolutely it's a and it's I think it's the onus is on you what you learn from it absolutely it's very similar to what like we may we do make mistakes while mm-hmm. as being dentist like you know but if you learn from it you don't repeat that next time yeah. or you improve it a little mm-hmm. by little yeah. so after like you know uh, ashwin uh, did, did you go outside for training or were completely in india itself uh i have trained in thailand quite a bit okay yeah so uh, a total of about 4 months in thailand i trained uh but that was not where i learned a lot of stuff in terms of jiu jitsu and what's with thailand like i i hear a lot of athletes like you know where are you going i'm going to thailand for training like what's it with the thailand and you know the it's culture a, there it's a travel hub for the world first of all now okay. my major in college was in logistics so this is something i understand about the world okay uh so thailand is first of all a major hub for people to travel to a lot of tourists go there mm-hmm. which uh makes everything over there kind of very affordable including training Mm-hmm. when you train in thailand it's not it doesn't cost as much as you would uh, pay for training uh, i'm india is cheaper of course but uh, the quality of training over there is world class because a lot of people from abroad like a lot of coaches and stuff um, they come over there yeah they come and settle there like for for, for instance tiger muay thai mm-hmm. now it's become a hub for some of the best fighters in the world mm-hmm. aka in phuket and they're all located in one place and um, the muay thai culture over there of um, of all these fighters being so tough as nails like people came from around the world to learn muay thai but then they thought okay chalo let's get mma and let's get jiu jitsu and let's get all these different different factors in mma in into thailand and um you see some of the best guys from around the world collect in this place where there's so much where, where there's with a such good quality of training in addition to their in, in in addition to the the weather being so good and so conducive to people feeling healthy eating healthy being healthy so just a just a snake pit or a shark tank of a bunch of awesome guys just training there worldwide mm-hmm. like like that 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 come from all around the world mm-hmm. i think that's all it is like people just get there so speaking about aka you went to goa like few months back uh, yeah. last month last month yeah. how was the experience and why aka like you know like well, first of all it was the <laughs> it was an opportunity that i couldn't pass up aka is the gym that uh, you know has produced people like uh, dc khabib all these all i can't say produced but they felicitated these guys mm-hmm. and um facilitated these guys yeah. into being um into into being who they are providing them with uh, good management providing them with excellent training and a place to train while they mm. were in the US uh through that they built this amazing brand in Thailand as well aka in Thailand as well so when aka came to goa i thought fuck i'm going to get world class training right here in my backyard in goa yeah figuratively speaking but uh when when I, and when i got there i won the trials first of all i you know i, wow. I we, we 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 trained over 3 days and selected um, 12 including me 13 athletes to to sponsor unfortunately i couldn't uh, stay there because um I'm not able to i'm not able to kind of move there full time and uproot my life and just move there for a year right so it's, it's so so like i'm i'm not in the position to kind of mm-hmm. take that risk just yet yeah it was cool that i won the work it was cool that i won the trials and everything but uh, i'm not in the position to move there so you i went to stay there. there for a year yeah correct mm Yeah, and Bombay is more conducive to my training and what I have to do. Right? It's closer to home, also. Like you can go. Not I want to be as far from home as possible because uh, I don't like being in that comfort zone. Although zone. I am there, but mm-hmm. uh, for me, uh, very honestly speaking, better work in Bombay, more training partners, 
most love to understand and just the atmosphere of the city it keeps pushing you like you absolutely yeah. in goa you feel unnecessarily lax like you yeah. can't for me i think it's the humidity that uh, makes me so productive because in pune the weather is very dry and mm. it's very even the people so you like you have a lot of distractions like uh, that no doesn't, matter. Like, doesn't matter i've never let anything distract me since i was mm. 10 years old man like mm. i've i i I've, i've not gone to a single college party even though i was in college for a good 3 years mm-hmm. i never went to a single college party i went to maybe a handful of high school parties and stuff like that um even after i graduated i recently started going out mm. recently like because i'm just that's just because my girlfriend says come on let's go let's go let's go I say oh, fuck, okay fine let's go is it something that you regret that you did not, not go that much in college i thoughts. wouldn't change a thing i wouldn't change a thing about it because that's made me who i am i heard in bits and pieces about a insane college schedule can you mm. speak a little bit about it like you know because it's it's i mean for for me to sound it sounded very hectic like yeah. it's something which you might have enjoyed it and which was oh, the enjoyed at all which w- yeah. or was the city yeah. at that point of your life but can you please share that like a little bit of okay. it okay oh uh, so throughout my first and second year because my third year was completely internship based mm-hmm. uh throughout my first and second year i had to kind of balance college in a very uh, hectic manner so my like i said my classes were from 9 to 6 in the evening so mm-hmm. i'd have to if i wanted to get my morning training in i had to be up at 4:30 in the morning okay head to the gym by 5 okay. finished by 6:30 7 o'clock because 7:30 i had to catch my college bus my mom had put me on the bus in college for the greater part of my college life so our college provided this one bus service that came and my college mind you everybody my college is 41 kilometers from my house one way yeah one way so i had to get on this bus and it was a good that's, hour and a half's drive in the bus because like from kolaba to panvel wow correct Dude. yes sir <laughs> yep. yeah yeah literally every day every day wow at least the days i attended because yeah. i i suffered in attendance quite a bit <laughs> and that was i was on i was on the college campus but i was always behind the college where the construction was going on i was training i was doing what i had to do come to that in a second yeah um so i had to catch the bus at 7:30 get to college hopefully by 9 o'clock because my first class was at 9:15 mm. the class started at 9:15 because that's when the professor came in yeah uh attend my classes i got one hour for lunch so i train for half an hour eat my lunch in half an hour sit for my class again at 2 o'clock then 2 to 6 i'd sit i'd mm. sit for my classes uh 6:30 our college bus left 8 o'clock we got back home with mm. great difficulty if our driver was driving like a maniac and wasn't drunk that day uh, yeah it was, a, it was a bunch of shit that went into it 8:30 my coach made an, my coach made an exception for me to come into class at uh, Ismail Haji back in, mm. when I was training with him made an exception for me to come in at 8:30 instead of 8 o'clock for training because I came I got home at eight, at at 8 o'clock from college yeah. I just grabbed my stuff ate two bananas and I left and I would train for about a good 2 hours from 8:30 to 10:30 get back home eat study whatever a little whatever a little bit I could and uh, sleep at 12 o'clock wake up at 4:30 and the whole day would you know resume on its own again sundays were the only days i got off because college was on saturdays as well yeah yeah and how was it like your sundays i think i slept i slept and i ate and i slept and i ate and i didn't do anything else yeah that's, that's what didn't let me have a life right like i'm i don't regret that and you asked me before i, I don't i don't regret any of that because mm-hmm. that's that that's made me who i am so I'm actually glad I went through that because stuff right now in hindsight I'm very thankful that I get to do this. So even though I'm hot, I'm uncomfortable, I'm I'm yeah. training, I'm getting battered and bruised and beaten every day, I get to do what I get to do today. Mm-hmm. There's no distractions from the outside world. There's no there's nothing else that's taking my attention away from fighting. And for that I'm forever thankful. Mm. Yeah. And so like that I think that that like you know, that gave you that discipline which was needed like right now because it's very tough to not get distracted and probably you know those instances made you who you are right now and 
so uh, after i wouldn't know, say didn't uh, teach me how to not get distracted i said i'm i'm guessing it made me stress. not make excuses okay because there's a big difference because distractions have not affected me since i was 10 like mm-hmm. i i keep bringing that up again and again because i never had too much of a typical childhood because i was always training and i was always looking to get better mm-hmm. right even though i was very unhealthy as a kid mm-hmm. i was always looking to get better at what i wanted to do i was always obsessed with whatever i threw myself in so i would never let people i would never let uh, external factors ever distract me from what my goal was regardless of what regardless of what came my way mm-hmm. so but i'd make a ton of excuses what college taught me what these first two years of college taught me was to not make excuses and that catapulted my career from maybe 30% to 80% and i'm still climbing and this last 20% that i feel i need to get through to get to the pinnacle of my career is mm. the hardest so i'm climbing 0.1 0.2% every couple of months and i still feel like i have so much time to i i mean i'm sorry i feel like i have so much more to learn yeah. through life but as an mma fighter with your schedule mm. you know doesn't your family life your personal life i'm not talking like like your family your your extended family like mm-hmm. your friends your life does get affected right like definitely definitely but that's what sacrifices are right sacrifices don't mean mm-hmm. uh putting up a, an instagram post about uh, spending every night alone and uh posting pictures of your battered and bruised knuckles because that's because that comes with what you have to do yeah that comes with the sport that comes with these experiences that you're supposed to have and comparatively believe it or not i have a very comfortable existence compared to most fighters because you've seen them like yeah. you've seen fighters have to go through a very heartbreaking reality of it is a lot of financial bullshit a lot of financial uh, crisis yeah. crises because um mma is not a sport in which there's a lot of room for people that are comfortable in life mm. and i don't have to be in the sport to be successful i don't have to make it to the top of the sport i do it because i love it kind of what like israel adesanya talks about like he came from a pretty wealthy family now i'm far from wealthy but yeah i have enough opportunity to exist in this world as a normal person but i wasn't born to be normal i was born to stand out and i truly believe that so that's what i'm going to do i want to pursue my dreams and make the most of all the opportunity i'm given with all the tools i have mm. But speaking about MMA, it's picking up in India big time now. Fuck like yeah, a lot is. of people are like yeah. investing in it. With, I mean, I'm sure it's a very old mm-hmm. sport in India right now. Mm-hmm. But suddenly there's been a boom where people mm-hmm. like investors have started pouring in money into that. A uh, lot mm-hmm. of promotions. Lo- lot of pro- uh, not an issue. <laughs> you want tissue? Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sorry. <laughs> so uh like you know mm. what do you make of it like a uh, lot of people like it's getting the attention now yeah but with that like you know you can say a lot of undeserving people also might get pushed a lot of uh, bad things might happen there's good uh, and bad things everywhere yeah. man like if you look mm. at if you look at corruption and stuff like that you can talk about the sport of cricket mm. there's no there's no cricket without corruption there's True. no football without corruption there's no True. there's no, there's nothing in this world that is successful without a certain level of corruption even at an amateur level like i'm not going to name names and talk about it yeah. but there's a lot of people that get pushed hmm. opportunities that are given and i i truly believe that um, what goes around comes around so the people that work the hardest the people that keep their heads down and continue to focus on the growth of the sport are the people that are going to get their payback hmm. true right like the people that are going to get the recognition that they so rightfully deserve because the people that did have an ulterior motive with it back in the day don't exist in the sport anymore people who stuck by it people who stuck by it honestly are the ones that you see in front of you today mm. right 
people like sharif bapu people like jitendra khare people like uh, prasad gaitonde hmm. people like uh, daniel isaac and alan fernandez and all these guys who don't have ulterior motives but only want the growth of the sport hmm. right i know that i'm speaking about a lot of rivals right now and i don't mean to cause any rivalries i don't mean to um name names in a good or a bad way i'm just talking about people who have been pioneers of the sport and people who want to see the sport grow for what it is not for what their perception of it is hmm. right there's a lot of people and a lot of investors that go are nahi aisa punch kick maro grappling kyu kar rahe ho uske sath why are you dry humping this guy for three rounds like no that's an aspect of the sport yeah. people that understand that make the sport successful people that understand that get fighters who are good at the sport not good for the cameras hmm. right so that's all it is man like i mean if you think that a lot of un a lot of undeserving people are going are going to get pushed through yeah absolutely from time to time they are but that's something that comes with being successful or that come that comes with growth yeah no i, I meant in a way that it's a new sport which mm-hmm. is uh, getting promoted mm-hmm. so like you know when you properly channelize your you know energies you can i mean india as a country can become mm-hmm. an mma power like Fuck you know yeah, powerhouse yeah you've seen people like ritu fogat who's about to fight today at 6 pm yeah. um against Amphetech she's the first indian to fight in a championship grand prix right she's the first indian fighter not even man or woman or whatever to fight at a world championship level and i'm talking about born and bred and brought up in india mm. so you see that there is that potential but you see that potential backed by good moves backed by uh, strong family supports b- uh, backed by a lot of sponsors uh, also, right? not sponsors sorry sponsors do, do they yeah but that's earned right that's mm-hmm. not uh, that's not given to anybody mm-hmm. sponsors that are given to people are not earned are not justified you see ritu fogat that comes from this this beautiful fogat family that uh, is It's so into wrestling yeah yeah exactly and that came from an unwavering belief from her father in her sisters which eventually boiled down to her even when she decided to move away from wrestling and into the sport of mma mm. they made the right moves for her i don't know how much went into it because i don't know her personally i don't know what went into that personally but uh i know that she went to evolve mma in singapore which has you know which provides fighters with good good management good sponsorships good uh backing by a good team great coaches and uh, she just made all the right moves and yeah. that's a sp- and that's an aspect of the sport that a lot of athletes don't understand making the right moves Sorry. and being a good fighter like you can be the best fighter around but if you're not making the right moves you're not getting ahead in the sport it's an ent- it's an entertainment sport at the end of the day right yeah. so you have to kind of be captivating you have to sell yourself yeah people don't realize that cause you know uh, there are i mean i'm just not fighters like you can say dentists or anyone people who have the talent they don't do like they mm-hmm. don't showcase that they, they don't do proper pr you're not going to get pushed correct yeah, like you know can i get another tissue please? sure thank you mm-hmm. i cut myself a little bit on this you, you cut yourself hmm? yeah a little bit um, on the bottle cap it's cool sleepy all cut me more than my opponents it's cool okay <laughs> Sleepy, I should sponsor you soon. Sponsor this podcast. Nah, it's yeah. They should sponsor this episode because yeah. whenever Karan is here, he wants Sleepy Owl. Mm-hmm. It's a very good brand. I mean, mm-hmm. you get it it's online also. Yeah. yeah. I was at the donut shop the other day with my girlfriend and her mother. And uh, I... Uh, you saw Sleepy Owl? Yeah, I saw Sleepy Owl over there. And I was like, <laughs> I have to get one. And I got the mocha. I got the mocha. And I was like, ah, yeah. oh, this is very nice. I told them also to try it, but they're not big coffee drinkers. So, yeah. So, uh, how's your personal relationship like, you know, 
not with your girlfriend just with your family also has it affected because of you being an mma fighter or like do you, do you have to specially take out time because that's something which a lot of potential upcoming mma fighter should know mm-hmm. that just not your time your family life will also get affected you need to balance it out and so hearing someone from as accomplished as you would be great like you know how do you balance it out with your family time and your fighting time uh it's easy to say that you have to balance it it's okay. much easier said than done mm-hmm. because i'm still learning to strike that balance because there are sometimes where for example my parents wanted me to go for my sister's my my cousin sister's wedding in january but uh mm-hmm. i was going to be going for the world championships but then that fell through for me so i told my sister i thought i said oh, i can't come for your wedding i'm sorry because this is my dream and this is what i have to do yeah and this is something that she's been waiting for for a long time you know to marry the person that she's fallen in love with true so it it kind of eats away at you also that you can't be with these people but it's again you you need you need to understand that there are sacrifices that you need to make and there are things that you need to do regardless of um distractions are so secondary because there are responsibilities that you have to kind of push through so mm-hmm. you pu- push to the side and have to work through them mm-hmm. so when you talk about distractions it doesn't affect me half as much as when um, i'm talking about giving up on time with my loved ones for example time with my girlfriend mm she luck lucky for me i have a person in my life who understands i have this person in my life who understands that i need to do what i need to do even living in bombay part time like this yeah. and she's back home in pune and she's in she's in law school and she's absolutely killing it you know she's doing what she has to do we both have that same work ethic in both in both our fields right and if mm. if um if i didn't have somebody like her i wouldn't be able to do it so comfortably right mm-hmm. so even knowing that there is this person that i have that i can go back and say good morning to good night to say maybe and this is what i did in training today and she and she listens to me with so much enthusiasm about it <laughs> it gives me that much more drive to work harder i saw your uh, meme that other day where you were trained like you know there's a meme where you try to teach your girlfriend or your boyfriend like you know <laughs> Uh, the moves yeah so i was like do you do that like i do you actually do that in real sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. of course yeah <laughs> and does she follow it <laughs> she's like please stop acting like a retard please please sit down please just but i'm trying to enjoy my lunch right now please sit down and i'm sitting right. and i'm standing there and i'm shadow boxing and she's like can you sit still for 2 minutes i said no i can't she should I'm start uh, teaching you some law law school terms you know like to piss you off like yeah, you know for sure. and you're like no it's yeah. okay it's okay mm-hmm. i i, I mm-hmm. won't teach you maybe you don't teach me mm-hmm. law like you know something like so that so if i try and grab her from the back or something she'll say i'm going to file you for harassment pakaran please move away please move away <laughs> oh shit <laughs> she said to yeah so it's yeah so she knows the rules yeah yeah, yeah. she knows all the laws also so like how does karan chawan relax like for example uh, when you're alone or you're with your friends like do you go out do you play video games do this do chill music do you drive what do you do i'm sure music is a big part of your life music's a huge part of my life yeah. even if it wasn't for fighting i would probably gone down that route i played in a bunch of bands growing up um and for me it relaxes me but i can't do something for a living that relaxes me all the time mm-hmm. right for me fighting is a little chaotic which is what keeps me coming back and wanting wanting to get better mm-hmm. there was a lot of ego in the music industry which i didn't want to deal with it's there in mma as well but not at uh, not not at a level with the with your peers and your athletes mm-hmm. and with your opponents even mm-hmm. because you've seen us beating the crap out of each other and then hugging each other afterwards so there's zero ego there which is why i love what i do but uh, what i do to relax is yeah i play, I play guitar sometimes i um Well, not sometimes I play every day apart from when I'm in Bombay. Uh then I play a lot of video games like I love Spider-Man like I said. I love Spider-Man, I love the game, I love GTA 5. Uh I grew up playing GTA San Andreas on my on my PC and they've released a GTA San Andreas remake. 
yeah, yeah a, a remaster for no for all the three versions 1 2 and 3 it's called the remaster trilogy okay. so nice man fuck i'd love to i'd love i'd love i'd love to play that yeah but they're charging the entire cost like 60 dollars so that's around okay i mean it's very worth it if you're a gta fan yeah, you yeah. know what you know you know what it's worth it's high time they release like you know they gta 6. gta 6 man like you know if they release the, i'm okay with them not releasing gta 6 and releasing a remastered version of san andreas because that was my favorite game growing up it's out up. now it's out now. is it yeah it's fun. wow first second and third. so the, they've added a layer of visual to the mm-hmm. game and they've improved the colors so it looks more punchy and more in tune yeah. like it looks uh, mm-hmm. more appealing now yeah. for the younger generation to yeah. get into the game Be- people back in the day will not people f- people from today won't understand what us when we were playing on the pc yeah, had yeah. to do when, when when your character would move forward in one direction immediately towards the right when you when you, when, yeah, when, yeah. when you clicked on the right yeah. on the right arrow there was just four directions like yeah, correct now there was no yeah there was no uh, good graphics and haptics and all that so you, uh, you you kind of got what a gaming experience is like now it's so and everybody's so focused on making it realistic that the, the fun of playing a game is gone like even when you played zelda from back in the day on those mm. small arcade machines and mario kart and um mario and donkey kong and all these people have, people don't know what an arcade is nowadays like yeah. i asked my nephew um i asked my little cousin the other day he's 10 years old i asked him have you ever been to an arcade and played games what's an arcade i said is it like a new gaming stream yeah. like is like a streaming service now like yeah. so uh, uh like but you do get updated arcades now so do you that's my dream like have a big house and have like multiple arcade games and mm-hmm. like you know bunch of arcades. that's another reason i would move to bombay just to come to your house and play arcade games then so i, I just bought the nintendo switch mm-hmm. i'll show you after this podcast so i've started playing uh, zelda breath mm-hmm. of the wild really it's an amazing game and i don't know it's like like you say mm-hmm. you for you it's music and video games for me it's again video games like you know mm-hmm. and not just that but then uh, another thing that i really really love to relax do is uh, just being with people i love that to me is my escape so for my bur- so for my birthday i went with my mom dad my sister and my girlfriend to uh, marble show mm. and i spent 3 days at don i didn't turn my phone off but i was barely on my phone because the people that i usually interact with were right there in front of me so i didn't reply to a lot of birthday messages and all that and it was just it was very relaxing to me and I I approached my today training with that much more tenacity because I was that less mind fucked afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You went to uh, Mahabaleshwar or Pajgini? Mahabaleshwar. So Mahabaleshwar. I have a holiday home in Mahabaleshwar where okay. my 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 parents uh, own a house there. So we went to the house and just chilled for 3 days. I I prefer Pajgini because it's you very know? close to my hometown in Mahad. So okay. it's it's an hour away. That's really, it. Really, is it? Okay. Yeah, so it's not Satara uh, Road. Ata Satara? No, no, no. So it's from Pratapgarh. Okay. You go down towards mm-hmm. Ratnagiri. Mhm. So It's on okay, that, that direction. Okay. That direction. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like in when when I was in school. So mm-hmm. I was in school in Mahad. Not mm-hmm. even Mahad. There was like a it was right in the jungle like oh, 3 damn. kilometers away from Mahad mm-hmm. which itself was a very small town. Mm-hmm. A village. So like you know every every Sunday we used to go to Mahabaleshwar. So for mm-hmm. us it was like you know going from Andheri to VT. Mm-hmm. So it was like really? Mahad was to Mahabaleshwar. Like yeah. yeah. So I think must have gone around 500 times. Wow! During my school days, nice. I love Mahabaleshwar, but then I prefer Pajkani because mm-hmm. it has that uh, colonial uh, structures. Uh, the you know, I think British made it like you know, yeah. the flood of nice and the weather is nice. And the weather is pe- fantastic, and the people are very sweet. Uh, I just prefer Pajkani over Mahabaleshwar. Yeah. Yes. yeah, Mahabaleshwar still has that sort of hill station type yeah. vibe to it. Pajkani has a little more small town vibe. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, so. so So there's music, there's video games, mm-hmm. there's like you know spending time with your uh, loved ones. Yeah. How do your friends cope up? Do you, do they understand? Like, What friends? Know? 
I'm serious. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. because I'm sure, like, like, when you start as an MA fighter, like, I, I had an, a friend who was an MA fighter and we used to always question him ki mm-hmm. whether this sport has any future or not, you know. Right. And then he eventually left it and to pursue his engineering. Right. But I'm sure you have stayed with it. And, like, you know, now you have, when you've become successful people, I'm sure, like, you know. My friends who understand it are in my life. People mm. who didn't understand, people who wanted more time than I could give them are not. Mm. And who and for no other reason except the fact that they couldn't respect what I had to do and the moves I had to make and the time I had to give up on with them mm. for what I had to do. So even when I have plans with somebody and then my coach says, you know, I need to come in and work, I have to cancel plans last minute sometimes and my friends understand that. Yeah, They understand that I can't come out on Friday nights with them, every day, Saturday nights with them or even the more jobless friends who are working, <laughs> who are going and partying through the week. Yeah. They understand that I can't do that. They understand that I have a certain amount of work to do. Mm. So when you say friends, I mean maybe three people. Mm. Maybe. I think that's a part of growing up. Like, you know, when you grow up, your friend circle is like, you know. To me, it's always been like that. So to me, I've never had a friend, like friend circle of 50 people or 20 people or not even of 10 people. Like to me, it's always been very close-knit people, but very solid people in my Mm. life. So. People who understand exactly what I have to do and understand the moves I have to make and the sacrifices I have to make. So I was in dental school. So then okay. we had a batch of 105 people. Wow. And like we had multi- like a huge group of 30 people. Uh-huh. Like, you know, so then eventually as you grow older, your circle go, go, you know? becomes smaller. Yeah. yeah. And we understand some people move out. Uh-huh. Some people get married. <laughs> so yeah. it's a very... Uh, funny thing like you know you, you say you won't change after marriage but then no no it's okay I have one you have mm-hmm. you have a band-aid by each other because it kind of hurts yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get it for you yeah. I'll tell to get one yeah well, thanks man. thank you so much mm. and uh, like so for example now I'm sure a lot of guys look up to you mm-hmm. so when they approach you or they want to start MMA mm. What's the best advice you can give them or, or from your side, from, from your perspective? Like, Fuck the when, understand your why. Hmm. I, I heard Russ say this. He's a rapper. He's a very famous rapper and one of my favorite rappers of all time. Uh, my girlfriend actually made me listen to him for the first time a couple of months ago. And uh, there's this one book that he's come out with that I've been reading. His videos are insane. Right? His music videos. Yeah, they're insane. And, um, his, and one of the best things I've heard him say is some of the worst advice that he's ever got is be realistic. Mm. Because that is that, because that is the most dream killing advice you'll ever get. That's set by people who don't who didn't understand their own dreams or who were not um, strong enough to go after their own dreams mm. or who never really had any big dreams. Mm. People who are kind of people who are kind of uh, taught to exist somewhere in the middle, mm. not 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 people that were looking to bo- like who were born to stand out. So one one of the best things that he's ever said that I felt that really made an impact on me. The biggest way is fuck the when, understand your why. Why are you doing what you have to do? Mm. What makes you get up every day and get better at what you have to do? Stop thinking about when everything is going to get better. Stop thinking that at 25, I have to be here in my career. Stop thinking that at 30, I have to have kids. Stop Mm. thinking that at 35, I need to be able to provide for six people in my family and provide for the rest of everybody. Think about what you need to do. Mm. Then everybody else comes into play. Think about how you need to get better at what you're doing every day. Obsess over what you have to do unapologetically obsessed with it but you need to have a very good support to do that because like you know even if you want to do it our system our culture or just the like mm-hmm. you know the society we live in 
it just pulls you down to like you know it stops you from reaching its potential i'm sure a lot of guys you know they 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 very uh, talented mm-hmm. but due to a lot of pressures like you know they've not it's how you handle those pressures are it's not it's not even it's not like i didn't have any pressure my parents told me flat out i can't fight professionally okay and a couple of months from now i'm going to be making my professional debut mm. so um so you it's your mental tenacity with which you approach what you have to do it's not uh, it's not it, it doesn't depend on who tells you what because mm. a lot of people cave to that pressure now i understand people who come from extreme poverty who are trying to fight their way through and manage three four jobs at a time i i i can't say i understand that because i don't because i don't mm. i've never been in that position mm. but what i can tell you is that that tenacity shouldn't go away mm. that you approach your training with that you approach your life with so if you are looking to make it in the sport you need to be able to grow um not just in terms of uh, your skill level but in terms of your marketability as well not just in terms of your tenacity in terms of training but your tenacity in terms of life mm. when okay. you when you approach life in that way when you wake up every day and you understand okay fine this is my objective for today i have to give it 100% in my first session recover give it 100% in my second session and then go to bed and because your recovery is also what's important you can mm. look good on instagram you can look good on youtube you can look good in your fights but you need to focus on your training and your life outside training as well mm If you conduct yourself like a champion outside of training and you conduct yourself like a champion or um, just a world beater in life in general mm. that's what your life is going to give back to you it's mm. the power of manifestation right yeah. you manifest what you 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 reap what you manifest you reap what you sow right so you need to be able to make that distinction between work and relaxation but even that relaxation should be conducive to your work getting better because i see a lot of people joining mma right now like recent last 6 months mm-hmm. and they want the that you know quick fame quick results which when when i see i'm like that's not possible because i see guys like you a lot mm-hmm. of fighters they're doing it for so many years and mm-hmm. i mean luck is involved where you might get lucky but then like you said every day day in day out for the next few months yeah. you have to just keep doing it like you know mm-hmm. so they need to understand that ki when you're joining mma it, this is not a quick fix for your solution it's it, it's it's this going if you looking for the long haul yeah because i see a lot of professionals also they are doing their work but they also doing mma which mm-hmm. is good because they have not left mma so but like for for example you you have i mean you're a full time professional now hopefully you know i'm not yeah. a full time professional uh, I'm and i'm working as well yeah, i'm yeah. working two jobs as well mm-hmm. so, oh really yeah wow i didn't so know I, that yeah so i create uh, mma systems mm-hmm. and i'm also in foreign exchange trading It's not okay. a job I do it from my phone. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a form of income. Mm-hmm. And, and in addition, I don't know if you call it a job for me because I'm doing this only part time. I don't consider it a job. I'm also training people sometimes like 3-4 mm-hmm. clients that I do have back in Pune. So the weeks that I am back in Pune, I am doing that. So when you're not in Pune, you do it on on your phone. So I mean it... when I'm not in Pune, I'm not when I'm not in Pune, I'm not in Pune. You know, mm. I leave all that behind and I come here and I focus on me. Mm. Which is why I like my time in Bombay so much. And mm. what we're talking about uh, in terms of people understanding is that presence is relevance. That's something that I live by. So, if you are constantly competing, if you are constantly making yourself present in front of because if you if you see what uh, life is like today, you see rappers who are putting out good work all the time. Mm. I say rappers because I've been following Ras quite a bit lately. Yeah. Um footballers uh MMA fighters then a lot of people that do fight very often now why did Israel Adesanya I'm going to give an example of him mm. why did he become a champion so fast is because he was competing so goddamn often right mm. in his first 6 fights in the UFC he became a UFC he became a UFC champion after his first 6 fights 
It's crazy. And it's just be- and it was within a year and a half of him joining the organization. Nobody took the sport by storm like that. Not even Conor McGregor. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, he's in that league with Conor. He's in that league with uh, Chilson and Anderson Silva, Chuck Liddell from back in the day. Hmm. You know, he's in that league. Israel Adesanya. So whatever loss he ha- that the one loss that he had to Jan Bohovic, it's one in a million. Because he was just greatly undersized over there because he's not a light heavyweight. Mm. And you also have your own podcast, say? Right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's called the Combat Exchange, and I run that with my friend uh, Prashant Pasnuri. He's from Bombay. Yeah, that's the most crazy part because you're not from Pune. Mm-hmm. He's from Bombay. You're from Pune. Yeah. How did the podcast start? Like you know. So, uh, him and his other friend Eric have this one podcast called uh, Charcha with the Chichas, and they. It was always a dream of mine to be on a podcast, and this is where I talk about manifestation because I was watching so much Joe Rogan at a certain point. Same. Yeah, I was watching so much of it. Like I would put turn it on and drive to college. Sometimes the days True. that I, that my mom did let me take my car, I'd put it on and I would drive to college. I would just listen to certain podcasts. And one day I get a text on Instagram from Prashant saying, "Hey, buddy, listen, uh, we've been following your stuff. We would love to have you on our podcast." And I thought, "Fuck me!" Mm. I've been thinking about podcasts, and uh, this th- th- this guy just approached me for a podcast. And this was in the middle of lockdown. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can I just keep this here? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so uh, he was. Uh, he just told me that uh, we want to have you on our podcast. We like what you do. We mm. like your personality. Blah 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 blah. And I was on this podcast with them, and I realized like, fuck, I want to have my own podcast. And it was a very casual mention to Prashant that I wanted to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And two, you three just, months later, you just wanted to be a guest. Sorry, as I, a- I, no, I wanted to. I wanted to have my own podcast. Pardon me. Uh, so I told them that I wanted to have my own podcast, and uh, I wanted. To, I wanted it to be MMA related, and we talk about certain issues in the sport of MMA. Mm-hmm. And two months later, that's exactly what him and I created. Because he understands the technical aspect of it, like all this camera setup and all that. Like I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't have the bandwidth for it, and I didn't have the resources for it. Mm. Fortunately for me, I had somebody. I found somebody who did. Yeah. So when, so when these two formulas, sorry, when these two formula came formula came together, mm. um, I would procure different different uh, guests for our uh, for our podcast where I felt like in terms of relevance. Uh, of who they were, what we wanted to talk about, uh, how often we wanted to do it. So at a certain point, we were doing it every two weeks. We were filming with people every two weeks, mm. but we weren't putting out content as uh, frequently. We still aren't because yeah. that's that's taken us a bit of a backseat since uh, lockdown finished, and uh, he had he had to get back to work. Mm. So no, so Prashant and I began like that, and then I got in touch with another guy from Dubai. Now he's in Toronto now. Okay. His name is Nikhil Tarak. So okay. we uh, we we done this one podcast as well. It's called Chronic Nirvana. He runs the podcast, but we run Chronic Nirvana Combat now. Uh, initially, it was called Jab Cross Hooked, and he's uh, he's a he's a huge MMA fan. Mm. And uh, I don't know, just as people also, him and I just clicked, man. So I'll send you his Instagram one day, and True. if anybody's watching this, at his his Instagram is at Turkey for the amount of girls that he's with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's crazy, so, like yeah. you know what we can do mm-hmm. in today's time like you think about it and in the next few months you can actually do it like you know because yep. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts believe me mm-hmm. two guys just talking about headphones yeah. for three hours straight <laughs> so I'm driving to my hometown I'm yeah. listening to two guys just talking about headphones which feel very comfortable mm-hmm. which is the one which has more cushioning mm-hmm. which I mean some like you know things like that and I'm enjoying every bit of it, which is crazy. Like, you know, because mm. the medium is immensely undervalued still in India. 
because for example your podcast with combat kinetics i think a lot of people should watch it especially yeah. uh, mma fighters people yeah. who love mma should watch that podcast because i mean i saw it as a neutral fan and i i mean after the podcast i was like i do know a lot about you know mixed martial arts now like you know some that that's one episode which i think people should watch and i spoke to ajit and i spoke to kaushik so uh, for the longest time kaushik and i were set to fight each other okay but um, how i mean now he's in the us so that probably won't happen for a while until we fight professionally both of us but uh, one thing that i was very um, very glad to take away from kaushik was his uh, smart approach to training because mm-hmm. i always saw him fight and he was always very composed and everything and i wanted to know about the rest of his team mm-hmm. then i happened to know lenin then i got to know abu then mm-hmm. i got to know ajit mm-hmm. and Ajit is one of the smartest men I've ever spoken to. Not just in terms of MMA, but his approach to life as well. Mm, like it yeah. might not. He might dispute that. He might say, "Are no much? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that." But but he's he's been so much of a he's had so much of an impact on me in that one long conversation that we had together. Mm. And um, then I got to know some other people on his team. I got to know Vridhi, Avshan, uh, these all their fighters, um, and uh, Ganesh, Shabrish, all these guys on their team. They were just. they're such absolute world beaters but such nice people outside the cage so i kind of wanted to know about their lives as well so hopefully in the future i want to have a podcast with all of these people on very grounded people like very. talk to sabarish a lot very. yeah cuz i mean mm-hmm. they don't look like the killers but if you uh, see them well they fight they take their too. shorts off and they're just fucking <laughs> built like gorillas all of them yeah. sabarish has that neon pink uh, what do you call it shorts yeah those compression shorts yeah yeah it's like <laughs> it, it quite pops a lot like yeah. you know mm-hmm. he's like that's my personality yeah that's yeah he's always this bright smile on his yeah, face yeah, as well yeah. so yeah now uh, why you talk about that uh, episode with combat kinetics is combat kinetics is because these guys are so educated on the sport mm-hmm. not just in terms of the fighting aspect of it but in terms of the sport the business of the sport yeah in terms of uh, what correct moves to make in terms of what their strength and conditioning should be like mm. so they so all of them are making all the right moves finding sponsors was a big one for me because uh, ajit spoke about a lot spoke, spoke about that a lot you know about how they had to struggle coming up mm. but then he had the i mean there's very few people in this in this business with the brains to do that yeah who are also coaching people so it's mm. very it's very hard to 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 distinguish between a good coach and a good have manager two, have two things in one person like you know correct and that's something ajit does very well Mm. Right, he was so he's so grounded, so measured. So I can't say he has a chip on his shoulder, but he just knows that he's that good at what he does, mm. which is what's so fascinating about interacting with him. Mm. Like it's just you, you, you get this, you get, you get this sense that he's such a he's such a knowledgeable man about what he's doing, and that you want to kind of listen to him. Yeah, yeah. And when they question you back, you understand that okay, this person actually genuinely wants to mm. know more about it. Yeah. Like when you talk about sports dentistry, mm-hmm. not a lot of people. This is like he that कैसे बचाना है वो बताना. But with Ajit, he wanted to know the integrities of it, like the you know he wanted to go in in the core of it and know right. th- about things like you know. So that's I mean, and uh, speaking about dentistry, like do you like do you have any dental issues like as an MMA fighter? None uh, so far. Like I've not broken a tooth. I've not done any of that. Like I've I I. so i'm known kind of for my defense and please don't watch my fight for akash when i with akash for when i'm talking about my defense because there was none yeah uh but um no for me i've always really focused on hit get uh, hitting and not getting hit 
so i've not suffered any major injuries in my face besides one cut under my eye mm. um but that's about it man like i've not broken a tooth i've not gotten any and i've my grandfather growing up like when i used to go to his house as a kid also would always make me brush my teeth very often and take good care of my oral him, hygiene yeah. Yeah. yeah my oral hygiene has always been very good thanks to him so even flossing and all that although my teeth are a little yellow now that's but that's due to negligence it's not due to anything else um <clears throat> he uh, he's always taught me to you know brush to floss to do all that stuff properly so i've always had very healthy gums and very healthy teeth i don't bleed at all i don't do any of that like not like nothing happens to me besides a few ulcers but that's a vitamin b deficiency nothing else do you have like as a dentist just wanted to know do you ha- do you love any specific brand in dentist like do you, like dental yeah, products like oral b or yeah like, do you have any uh, colgate for sure man because it, okay that's one of the ogs of uh, of of dentistry yeah, stuff i know yeah just wanted to know like you know why do you love colgate like because their max fresh uh, toothpaste tastes very good okay it's very, <laughs> the blue very one? good yeah the blue one yeah yeah i've tried the red one also but it's not so nice i like the blue one a lot more so i i just i've i have tubes and tubes and tubes of it at home so every time i need to replace my tubes it's just i they're just lying there at home so they so uh they have this mouthwash called plux okay you love it because yeah. if you love max fresh i'm mm-hmm. sure you're going to love plux i never used mouthwash in my life i've never had like the problem of bad breath or anything like that trust so me i've yeah you use mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. this use a mouthwash mm-hmm. especially in the morning you're going to feel so fresh you're going to forget max fresh really really okay try it out mm-hmm. there's a way of it you, i mean i'll tell you after the podcast how to do it mm-hmm. just try it once yeah post. absolutely i love to try cuz you will like you know mm-hmm. shit this is the real shit like you know like, and yeah. because when you feel fresh yeah it's a very funny thing mm-hmm. a small thing but when you feel fresh in the morning mm-hmm. your day goes well yeah like, really you know, really well yeah and and of course like you know mm-hmm. for many other reasons you need to have a good oral hygiene too now i have a question for you do you uh, do you recommend brushing after or before breakfast uh so when i was in dentistry when i was learning dentistry i used to do it uh, i used to recommend people before before yeah. okay now i tell people you can do it after your breakfast also yeah, yeah. so there's no is, is that a myth there's no that rule like that yeah. there's a rule that you have to do twice in the like in the day yeah i brush before i sleep every night yeah, so it's but cool. uh, i sometimes brush after the after my breakfast yeah same so i mean which is why that's i'm asking fun. and a lot of people tell me that's disgusting because no. i always have my coffee i take my time and then i eat my breakfast and then i brush depends what you do in the morning cuz like i don't wake up and go train if i have to go train now obviously i brush my teeth before exactly, i eat my breakfast exactly. but especially yeah. if you're alone you yeah. like you know just freshen up and have your breakfast yeah. and then brush it's See, fine I, it's completely fine early morning training session i never really eat before training mm-hmm. and i try not to eat uh, for 5 hours before my training sessions yeah uh but um If I am training in the morning then I don't uh, I don't eat and I I brush before and then obviously I eat my breakfast after I come back but I'm talking about if you are training in the afternoon and you wake up really early in the morning and then you want to have your breakfast do you uh, usually uh, brush after breakfast I do Yeah right same It's fine See that everybody see people who <laughs> called it disgusting fuck you guys So so yeah. so I think this is Spider-Man uh, electric toothbrush also in the market. I'm listening. I saw it once <laughs> and I'm like ye Karan ko bolna chahiye and I was like I, and I did not find that later but it was recommended for kids. But I'll still use it. As a Spider-Man collector mm-hmm. you can still buy and keep cuz I've already uh, like you know wish listed three Batman uh, toothbrushes. Ele- electric toothbrushes which I want to buy. 
I know people will judge me if I use them. My own family okay. might judge me, but mm-hmm. I I don't care. I'm My mom still tells me, "Karan, you're 23 years old now. Why are you still using Spider-Man? Why are you still wearing Spider-Man T-shirts?" Yeah. My mom, it looks so nice. Look at this, please. It looks so nice. So even when I'm heading to training, sometimes I have this one Spider-Man compression T-shirt that my I friend saw that. bought I me saw from that. the US. Mm. Um, he, uh, you know, he was like, "Karan, you're 20." Uh, at the time, I was 22. So he was like, "You're 22. Why would you need a Spider-Man? I just bring it for me, motherfucker. Just bring it, please. <laughs> I want to use it. I like it. I want to use it." So he he brought that for me, and then I used the Spider-Man backpack throughout most of my school life until I hit seventh grade, and people started making fun of me. Trust me, it's you're in great company. I mm-hmm. have I've Batman branded. I'm a little petty like that because I yeah. stole my five-year-old nephew's uh, Spider-Man mask. <laughs> so it's it's mine now. Is yeah. that the mask which you put out as as a story a few days back? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think you should buy the entire suit. I'm definitely going to one day. Sure. And you should make an entry with the Spider-Man, like whenever you make your professional. No, I'm just just for yeah, the sake of it, yeah. for the fun, not in a professional match, but mm. a charity match or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so, whatever. Man, I'd like, I'd like to. I'd, like, I'd rather, I'd rather mask, but not the whole getup. And your music yeah. should be the original OG Spider-Man music, right? Trust yeah. me, like you know. Mm. Like, uh, speaking about that, Shaquille O'Neal liked your story, right? Yeah, he did, uh, and he reposted it. Yeah, I yeah. was like, that's crazy. Yeah, like. What went into your mind when you saw like Shaquille O'Neal, like he? So my friend on. David, my friend David actually sent me the, he sent me the, uh, he sent me the story that I was like, okay, I mean, why is he sending me Shaq's story? And I just, I just saw the notification. And I said, why is he sending me Shaq's story? Then eight, nine, ten, twelve, twenty-three people have sent me the same thing. I was like, what the fuck are these people yeah, talking about? Because I normally don't check my messages too. too quickly yeah uh, although i do reply to people quickly sometimes i don't uh, if I, if i'm training or something throughout the day and this right after i got done training and i was like okay let me see what's happening and then i opened it and i saw shakil o'neil had reposted my post How the my, my 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 knockout that was on locker rooms yeah i was on locker rooms uh, uh, instagram page and i thought first of all it, it didn't set in for the first 5 minutes that it was shack and i've been such a big shakil o'neil fan not just for his basketball but for his uh, but Persona, for his yeah, yeah for who he is and you know him acting in movies like grown ups was one of my favorite movies growing up like it was so it's such a funny movie with adam sandler and david spade and all these guys um i saw Sha- i was i saw shak and i was like oh, dude. and then i exploded with laughter and i exploded with joy when i when i, when I was like papa 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 look at who reposted my story look at who look at who reposted my story and i then i went to my sister and my sister reposted that and then my father saw it and he was so happy and he was so proud and i got i got maybe 96 dms that day in in my requests i got 96 dm requests that day reacting to my stories i can imagine your like yeah. your dms i was elated <laughs> yeah i was elated but, but it was shakilo need it's yeah. like he's the, like you know small stuff like that like even though it doesn't mean you much in that. terms you of my success like, you know, yeah, yeah in in growing in the sport it doesn't mean much but to me personally from as somebody that's you know grown up watching shack doing what he's doing and then him recognizing me for what i'm doing even though it's just funny shit that he posts on his uh, it, and it was considered pretty funny like that 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 knockout was considered funny because of the cheap shot yeah but yeah. i never really saw it as that like i i just saw it as me winning another fight But, but but then it blew up like that with people, and I just thought, okay, shit, people are recognizing what I'm doing, and that and that stuff is priceless. You you can't put a price on that. No amount of you need of, that. You need that. Like you know, no amount of Instagram promotional work, no amount of people reposting it will ever match up to your heroes looking at what you're doing. Mm. You know, when I hopefully when I meet, uh, hopefully when I if and when I do make it to the UFC, and I do get to meet my heroes, and I do get to meet people that I look up to, recognizing me for what I do. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to it's going to be worth it one day and small stuff like this it makes it very very worth working hard for every day so you so, never know yeah so yeah. like before we end it what next for karan chauhan like you know well, what what are your plans for the next few months like well my immediate plans are to win a gold medal at the uh, bangalore mma india open on the from the 16th to the 19th mm-hmm. of december and after that uh, it's a bit of a surprise for everybody so please stay tuned it's something to do with this professional I'm not going to say no I'm not going to say no I'm not going to say yes in terms of uh, how a lawyer would say it I can either confirm nor deny the fact <laughs> of that statement that's a shout out to his girlfriend yeah <laughs> but like okay and anything else like uh, for your podcast like anything like apart from MMA are you doing something more like for your podcast for your, anything else is on the sure, anvil for, for I started you. working with this one uh, brand called Ball Athletic they okay. are a sports apparel brand based out of Kolaba in Bombay itself wow yeah so the owner Tanvir Daswani he reached out to me through my friend Anahis she's a mm. fitness influencer mm. Anahis Patel if you're watching this you're welcome uh, <laughs> uh so she's a close friend of mine and uh, she put me in touch with Tanvir and uh, you know we started working together and I recently did a shoot with them mm. uh so now their winter collection is going to be coming out I'm going to be doing a couple of more shoots with them that's amazing yeah, yeah. and man, I mean the, the and this is such a cool company they're so welcoming and they're so homely so all the people that I have been working with like even my sponsors like you guys like Sporden uh LEW Ball Athletic now uh everybody's just been very very welcoming and there's been no contractual agreements between anybody you know so it's always just been people having a good understanding of each other so hopefully we'll see a Karan Chauhan collection soon one day one day when i make it <laughs> and one day when i deserve it for sure yeah yeah so and it came to a point where these guys were so good to me and they gave me such good stuff and not just in terms of giving me stuff but making me feel like one of them that I feel and I'm putting this out there even on the interview that I gave with them I'm going to tell people that even if a multi-million dollar multi-billion dollar brand uh, approaches me one day I probably wouldn't work with them I'd continue working with Baller because they stuck with me from the beginning true, true, true. but this is so even in terms of dent- sports dentistry even if others do approach me I know that sport and stuck by me so I'm not going anywhere true, true, true. yeah that's and like you know that shows like talks about you as a person it talks about a, character of the yeah, people that I'm working with as well you know where I can talk about myself day in and day out but I really appreciate the people that do appreciate true, me true true that's amazing and uh, yeah. like a lot of things are going on basically behind the scenes so the uh, the part where you said like you can't you know tell us right now i mean when can we expect that probably next year start of probably next, next year, year. Probably next year yeah okay mm-hmm. I see you trying to like you know hide it it's in it it's fine we'll wait for it we'll it's, wait we'll, um, we'll wait for that it's the rest of my life that's going to be manifesting into something brilliant you know so I can't help but smile when I talk about it true 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 yeah. I can't wait for it like we all can't wait for it hopefully we need soon Thank you so probably much. probably in the next few months when we do manage to get Karan Chauhan again on the podcast hopefully he'll talk about it in detail i'm in bombay you can have me no, i'm like, in bombay every alternate week you can have me every alternate week on this podcast <laughs> i can, like making the trip here so it's cool we can do that like yeah. you know we can that's the plan like mm. probably get a bunch of more people and talk about like you know have a mm. group call let's yeah. see hopefully yeah. things improve better for us yeah. and we'll hopefully see you in, on the podcast soon absolutely as long as, as soon as you're willing to have me on the podcast <laughs> again yeah. it was great having you here yeah, thank you man and thank you so much we'll talk to you here. soon absolutely thank you cheers everybody thank you thank you It's not a game, it's a red stick.